Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Happy New Year, you pod people. It's New Year's Day where we are, I don't know, well, you might be listening to this on another day, but we are bringing in 2019 in the style in which we hope to carry on. It's Is It Just Me, the podcast that brings you all sorts of nonsense and gives it all the serious respect that I think it deserves. Don't you think, James Williams, co-host? Here, here. Hello, yeah. Geraldine. How Hi. Are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Bloody Year to you too. We're not hungover at all, are we? Well, it's weird, isn't it? I feel fresh as a daisy, surprisingly. Yeah. Because this um, is being recorded actually live right now on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, yes. And so who like better? Like six, six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big, night, big one last night, Elvin. Yeah. Um, but who better to have as our guest on our very first podcast of the year and the New Year's Day episode than... Well, I think you should intro. Well, she's lady. she's a broadcaster. She's an author. She's a writer. She writes a fantastic column in this amazing magazine <laughs> that you I've seen around of. called You Magazine. <laughs> it's really, really quite groundbreaking and, and Pulitzer Prize winning, I'm sure. And she is here today. It's Elizabeth New Year's Day. Yay! Elizabeth Day. I stole that from James. I Elizabeth know. New Year's Day. Also, and it. a podcaster herself as well. So I oh feel God, a bit... I forgot the podcast. Yeah. You said broadcaster, yeah. which is like old school terminology for I think, it. I, think, I, like I, think broad- I quite like that. Yeah. Well, see, when I think of broadcaster, I think of broadsheet. Sounds very grand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, gravitas. And broadsheet then makes me think of the sheets that I used to have, which weren't fitted, that you had to tuck on your bed oh. manually. Annoying. And I don't know why I had them. It was almost like I mean, self-flagellation. That's as English as carpet in bathrooms, as far as I'm concerned. It's so strange. <laughs> They're the ones where you yeah. have to do. What, so what are they strange. called? Hospital corners, isn't yes. it? Where you have to learn that weird life skill that no one ever uses ever again in life because now. No, we all but have then as I think I saw somewhere that you know being an adult is sort of accepting that you'll never know how to fold a fitted sheet as well so <laughs> no you never can folding just fitted sheets is, yeah. I remember that I actually how sad is this I once cut out a thing in Martha Stewart magazine that showed you how to do it is there actually a technique <laughs> yeah 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 wow yeah. wait how were you reading Martha Stewart magazine in the first place tell me you subscribe <laughs> because I am very very exciting <laughs> rebellious kind of a person she lives on the edge of it yeah, as you know you yeah. otherwise you're taking up too much space James <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well I well, please bore me because I actually want to know now how how do you fold a fitted oh, sheet? Oh no, I'd have to show you. Oh, oh I see. Yeah, so it's more yeah. of a visual. I'll tell you thing. what, next time I see you, I'll bring a fitted sheet. <laughs> um, we'll film it. Yeah, we'll insta story it. I'm really good at putting um, duvet covers on as well. <laughs> 
I mean, really these are the life good. skills that really matter. They yeah. are. They are. Well, the thing is about the duvet cover thing is that for years I kept reading in magazines like Martha Stewart's Living Skills or whatever that you had to turn it inside out grab the duvet itself by the corners and then perform this kind of ninja move where it would automatically go on and it was the easiest way. Can I tell you what? Martha Stewart's talking utter balls with that. (laughs) That's what I thought. Utter balls. I'm glad she went to prison for that alone. (laughs) (laughs) Now she's friends with Snoop Dogg, which I I love. She is brilliant on those roasts. Whenever they drag her out on those um, comedy roasts, Comedy Central roasts, she is always hilarious. Yeah. Um, She's become so gangster, hasn't she, Martha? And Snoop Dogg's become so Martha, like (laughs) so ungangster. It's the Freaky Friday, isn't it? The most weird Freaky that, Friday. It, that would be quite the Freaky Friday, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? Yeah. Um, How uh, was everybody's Christmas? Well, my, it just, it, I know, uh, is it again a sign of age? It just seems to go so quickly. Like normally you have that really long period, I feel like, between Christmas, betwixtmas, I call it, you know, where yeah. it goes on forever. And this year I feel cheated. I feel like it's gone far too quickly. I've not. You feel cheated. I had to work. I know. Sorry, John. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, my uh, God. But on the whole, yeah. I mean, I, I loved you, Elizabeth, because when you, when you walked in today and I said, How was your Christmas? You went, It was fine. <laughs> There, there yeah. was no glossing it over. I just think too much is made of these specific days. And like, it's just a day and I don't need to feel anxious in the run up to it that it's not going to be as good as I want it to be. I'm just going to accept it as a day You're and it right, will come. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny to say yeah. because I, I have to say it is New Year's Day and, I, and I, I feel like I am the Grinch of New Year. I hate New Year's Eve. I've got a real... I don't want to bandy the word around, but I, I have a terrible, anxious feeling whenever New Year's Eve comes around. I used to always think it's from this pressure to make it the best night ever. You know, there's that pressure to have so much fun and to drink and be merry. And I don't know what it is. I, I, I literally wake up. If, if I could fast forward through New Year's Eve and go straight to New Year's Day, I would. And Am I alone in that? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I, <laughs> I, I, I am a misery. I am oh, a misery. No, all I'm I could think when I'm you were talking is that I am. I, I'm going home tonight to watch whatever on the telly with my husband and daughter. I'm going to make nachos and drink a buttload of wine. And I have no shame about that. It's New Year's Eve yeah. when we're recording, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case you felt duped when we were telling you Sorry, it was actually yeah, New Year's yeah, Day. Yeah. It's actually New Year's Well, that, that's, that's just every night for me. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I did need to clarify yeah. that is a different night of the year. Yeah. So my New Year's Eve, so, so my normal night is generally going out and doing something that I've agreed to do weeks before that I don't really want to do when the day comes round and wishing that the other person would cancel so I yeah. can have a night in. So therefore, for New Year's Eve, for the first time ever... I have given myself a special treat. I am not going out and I'm staying in on my own and I'm going to watch Netflix and I'm going to eat my favourite food and I'm going to sleep. That sounds yeah. like the perfect New Year's Eve. And what are you going to eat? <laughs> I always <laughs> like to know what everyone's eating. No, me too. Yeah. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. The thing is, I've had a little bit of a cold and I was thinking of, this makes me sound so, like this makes me sound worse than Martha Stewart. <laughs> is this like Br- Bridget Jones on her own? No, I was going to make soup. myself a vegetable soup. Oh. But I but I make my mother's vegetable soup, which is so nice and it's so comforting. heartening and comforting and warm and love. And I put a shitload of grated cheese. Oh, in I was going to say yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was all getting a bit then. Gwyneth Paltrow then for my liking. I have to say till yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was thinking I get that, and then I was thinking because we're recording near a Whole Foods, <laughs> I believe, and so I might go to Whole Foods and just like stock up on some extremely overpriced. But I'm going to go and get goodies. their tortilla chips. Um, nice for they the are the the pillar yeah. the central I mean, pillar of my amazing nachos that, that, that's a tenner you'll never see again <laughs> i think it's more than that <laughs> i think it's more than that but i figure as i'm not going out yes. and spending oh, a load on and queuing at some bar for oh. 
you know, a bowl fish full of wine. I mean, but, I, I yeah. am going to a house party, but I'm not, I can say this because my friends know I'm, I'm, I've almost tried to get out of it, but I, I am going to go because it's eight minutes walk from my house. Perfect. <laughs> then you don't need to worry about the taxi exactly. there and back. And exactly. Like, oh, I mean, I trying to stuff. travel across London, I'm on done New with those Eve. days. On New Year's no. Eve. The worst. I, I once spent an hour and a half in the back Although, of a taxi. <laughs> on New Year's awful. Eve. And it's like, why have I done this to myself? <laughs> it, it is mine and Ross's get together versary, New Year's Eve. Oh. Is it? Oh. It, can't, it must be true for a lot of people, right? Everyone gets so drunk. Tell us that story, Joe. Harry met Sally. They, that, that, that's what happened in the film, yes. wasn't it? Yes. It's not much of a story. We we were both sort of like skirting around the issue that we both quite liked each other for about three months, and finally got pissed and snogged on <laughs> New Year's Eve in 1993. And it, was that your best New Year's Eve ever? Then it was my best New Year's Eve ever. <laughs> if Ross is asking, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we had some. We've had some nice holidays in Sydney since then. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, my best New Year's Eve in Stockwell. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a specific, a, but it's a yeah, fine I'm part of the world. Not that I'm bi- in any way biased. Um, well, to be honest, I am finally. I actually spoke about this on. I think well, it must have been the New Year's Day or near the New Year's Day podcast last year. This year, I'm finally doing it. I've actually booked a brunch reservation for New Year's Day because my theory is I hate New Year's Eve, but I'm, I'm I'm trying to be a bit more positive, so I'm embracing New Year's Day. So I've actually booked a table for ten people. I doubt very much anyone's going to turn up it could be me and my dog sat there like Carrie Bradshaw at her birthday party in Sex and the City because all I my might, friends are I might be... crash there <laughs> I'm, so, I'm like yeah. I'm down I will yeah. be there do I well, have to go Stockwell though uh, it's actually Balham <gasps> Balham yeah, my but... boyfriend lives in Balham oh well there you go where Foxlow where? very nice <laughs> I was there very yesterday nice. and you'll Lovely. get to meet Bingley because I, I didn't bring my dog and I promised Elizabeth she'd meet Bingley my dog today so if you, if you are in, the, in Balham Lovely. on. But, yeah, nice I'm, chairs I'm, in they're, so and they're very chairs. dog friendly but um, yes yeah, so I'm trying to do that so I said I was going to do it last year and I've actually come good because I'm not a big one for resolutions generally but I did think look just stop saying you're going to do it and do it and I'm doing it so even if it's just me and my dog uh, I'm finally embracing New Year's Day Aww. as a celebration rather than New Year's do you have any resolutions, Elizabeth? I mean, you've had a cracking year, yes. well, right? Do you know, the thing is, is that I have genuinely had the best year of my life. And that is, and I'm not just saying this because Joe is sitting to my left, but <laughs> in large part because I got my dream job as a columnist for You Magazine. Yeah, and, um, and also 2018 started off in a very dark place for me. I'd just come out of a breakup. I, just, I was recovering from flu and a urinary tract infection at the same time, which required last Christmas Day my father to take me to A and E. Oh, the gods just get awful. They really did. They really did. I did see your very funny Instagram post about that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it started off really badly, and then actually, it's been such a lesson in kind of how things can start dark and end up amazing. And um, I have had an amazing year, and I feel so hashtag blessed. Oh <laughs> God! Almost, you ruined it. I'm no, but I'm cl- I'm clinging on to 2018, yeah. and I actually have really mixed feelings about. 2019 about yeah. 2019 happening because I've got that thing and, and I know you spoke about it with Dawn Porter in that brilliant podcast you did with her where she spoke about having turned 40 and things being in a really good place for her and therefore she automatically is incredibly worried that things are about to go horribly wrong yeah. that and and that you, you're sort of bracing yourself in the good moments for the bad moments just around the corner oh, which that. is yeah. ridiculous because yeah. you know we deserve things to go well sometimes so I, I have very mixed feelings about this year and that's a very long answer saying I don't have New Year's resolutions yeah. other than just following my But I think instinct. that's a really good and that's kind of the crux of my issue with New Year's Eve in particular it, it just feels like it's basically you're programmed to either wallow and reflect and look back or you know or you're a lucky person that can look forward but I think most of us are reflective and we tend to look back and and of course you're always harder on yourself you, always, you don't look at your successes you look at things you didn't quite achieve or things you failed at 
And I think that's what I, that's my big issue with. Because really, if we didn't have a calendar, it would just be another day. We wouldn't yeah, all exactly. be thinking along yeah. these lines. It would just yeah. be, oh, another Monday but or another know, day. It, but <laughs> yeah. another way to frame it is I think it's always good to look back and, and pick out the things that were good. I mean, you know, not everybody has at a 100% wall-to-wall amazing year. Hopefully most of us don't have a 100% terrible year. Yeah. I had such a weird transformational year of like changing my whole identity of like w- what I do and having to get whole and used to a whole new way of living and working. And I'm kind of proud that I've done that, yeah. you know, even though it might not seem like the biggest struggle for anybody, no. but it was, it was, it's been a real sort of like, you know, ups and down learning curve. And yeah. I'm kind of, I'm, so I'm sort of, I'm not thinking, well, this year it's going to be like this. I'm just, I don't know. I'm proud I got through the other side of all of that. Yeah. And I think it's really important. I think you, you tend to be, I think it, when you're younger, you, you have that faux humility. Whereas then you, you get to this age, you start going, actually, no, that was good. I did a good, a good job there. Or yeah. I got through that. And I think you have to, everyone needs to own the good things and say. And, and this is what I love about your podcast, Elizabeth, How to Fail. It's such, you know, ironically, it's not a failure. No. Which must be a huge disappointment it. for you. <laughs> but, um, one of my friends now, like, when the podcast became quite successful, started addressing his emails and texts to me as, dear Elizabeth Day, comma, noted failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, that was the biggest irony because actually that podcast came out of those dark times I've just described. So uh, it came out of like divorce and infertility and then another breakup and all that and approaching 40. And I was like, actually, wouldn't it be great if we can have open conversations about when things didn't go right and what we learned from them? Because I realised that some of the most worthwhile and wonderful conversations I had with my friends, particularly my female friends, stemmed from those moments. And um, and I just did the first season of the podcast. I did eight episodes. I I basically relied on my friends and contacts to agree to be interviewed. And the idea is, is that each person comes along with three failures that they don't mind discussing. And um, I put my own money into it because as we were previously discussing before we started recording, I'm a technological incompetent. <laughs> so I basically have paid this amazing producer to do everything other than the actual interview. That's the way to do it. I mean, yeah, yeah I was like, I just don't know how to do it. So know, know, know your skills and know the things that you can't do. And I just put it out there because I believed in it. And I, I genuinely didn't mind whether it was just going to be 12 people listening and downloading it because I believed in the project and then to find it connect to such an extraordinary level has been one of the most meaningful things that's ever happened to me yeah. I really had and it was totally unanticipated I think we're, we're the same because I don't we didn't set out to certainly not to reach and talk to as many people as we do but it's amazing when you get the lovely reactions from people and it's it's such an intimate thing I think because you are literally in people's ears on their commutes or when they're wrapping their Christmas presents or whatever and getting that kind of feedback is always so lovely. Totally and I don't know how you guys feel because I know that you both have journalistic backgrounds but one of the reasons I love print but I'm also frustrated by it is that you only ever have a certain word count and you're writing to the behest of an editor who's there like Joe Elvin. Bloody... <laughs> bloody nightmare no, nightmare <laughs> one and all J- yeah. joke yeah. Um, but I have worked for editors in the past who have always said oh you're interviewing a woman and she is in her 30s definitely may- be sure to ask her about the breakup she doesn't want to talk about and whether she wants kids and all that sort of stuff and and I appreciate that you have to do that but it was really nice for me as I'm sure it is for you guys to be able to interview people and have a chat with them that felt yeah. more natural 
and not to have to write it up a certain way and just to yes. let it be. Yeah. Yeah. Because also, you know, th- there's no doubt they said it. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> yes. often when you're and they can't print, sue you. they always go, I don't remember saying that, going, you really did. I've got it on tape. Yeah. You know? but, whereas the beauty of a podcast is it's out there. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, I mean, as we know, some news outlets now pick up quotes that have been said on, on our podcast and make it into very big headlines. I often wonder, oh God, do those people regret coming on the show? <laughs> but, you know, when you re- listen to it in context, and which you can do with podcasts, that's what's brilliant about it. And yeah. also you get a real sense of the person. You actually, because often in, as much as I love print, you know, you can lose people's sense of humour often. You, they'll say something in a jokey way, but maybe it doesn't translate. As we know through social media, sometimes you put things out there and it just doesn't resonate or land the way you intended it to. And so what, who've been your favourite guests? Oh, um, my favourite guests. Dolly Alderton was wonderful. She was actually my second ever guest. And she's just so um, open and wise. She's like ridiculously wise for a just turned 30 year old. Uh, I would hate her if I didn't love her. I was going to say, she's so high achieving. (laughs) I know, how dare she? Um, Alistair Campbell was amazing because... I said to him, I said this to him on the podcast. I was like, I didn't think I was going to like you when I first (laughs) met you, Alistair Campbell. I thought that he represented all that was wrong with our political system at that time. Halcyon days, eh? Um, (laughs) Yeah, we miss those shit times, don't we? Yeah. Um, And he came on and he was so disarmingly honest about his mental breakdown, but also so nice and empathetic and kind and really interesting to talk to so I really liked him Mm. and uh, Tara Westover who wrote this incredible memoir called Educated she was raised in effectively like a Mormon cult and they didn't believe in hospitals or schooling and so she basically had to educate herself and ended up in getting a PhD from Cambridge and that book is an amazing read if you want to read about family estrangement but also what it means to kind of build yourself from the ground up um so they and Atega Uwagba I'm going to stop in a minute sorry <laughs> you're like Joe's like you're literally going through every single guest but, no, but it's interesting, <laughs> though. yeah Atega who does her own podcast called In Good Company and wrote a brilliant career guy called Little Black Book she again spoke so openly for the first ever time about her depression and living with depression and and that had an enormous response mm. because, again, given that we live in this life of curated perfection on Instagram, yeah. if you just followed a taker on Instagram, you'd think, what a beautiful, talented woman, which she is. But it was also really amazing to have this other side of her come to the fore. So if you haven't listened yet to Elizabeth's podcast, do go check it. I'm assuming you're on all the usual platforms, Elizabeth. You're, yes. Yeah. No, I, we've only just gone on Spotify ourselves, you see. I so we were very on Spotify. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> when you say usual platforms, <laughs> I meant iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Do go to iTunes. <laughs> We've already just got on Spotify. Hi, we can discuss this afterwards. How uh, you get oh, on Spotify? I wish we hadn't failed at anything, James. Then I we could know. be. Oh, on I know. Oh, you yeah. to come on it. <laughs> I haven't got any failures <laughs> to discuss. Exactly. Okay. We'll, we'll try and break. It could be a very short episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that went amazing as well. Yeah. Oh, I can't oh. think of anything. Lucky, lucky yeah. me. <laughs> So is it just me who hates it when waiters don't write your order down? I get tense. I'm with you. So tense. (laughs) And I'm like, first of all, why are you doing this? Are you trying to impress me by your feat of memory? Because I don't require that skill in a waiter. (laughs) What, What I require is for you to remember what I've asked you for. And I'm very specific in what I want. I'll often want you know, a starter as a main and like a side as a starter. And then I will always want, as well as my normal drink, a uh, tap water. Now, the amount of waiters, and I used to be one, 
who forget the tap water <laughs> and it's because they haven't written it down. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I know it's going to happen. But when I was a waitress, um, I don't know. It was it was almost unspoken, but there was a sort of a, a snobbery about anyone on the team who had to write things down. Really? So Gosh. it was like really viewed by the careerist wait staff and I mean you know and that's some people that that's their vocation and they they love it and I always felt really guilty when I was a waitress because I was there while I was looking for another job and I felt really ashamed that I was taking a job when there were clearly people who worked in this restaurant who that was that was their passion and that's what they wanted to do and they were really good at it and I was really bad at it and I remember once um you know, sort of like I got into the swing of like being that alert and remembering and these two women came in and they did, they ordered quite a complicated meal and they kept saying to me, why aren't you writing this down? Why aren't you writing this down? I was like, no, don't worry, don't worry. And of course, Sod's Law, that's the one where I got something wrong and they went mental. (laughs) And I did think, why didn't I write it down? Because I was too ashamed with all my peers to oh, need that a notepad. Is fascinating. Yeah. That is yeah. Because int- I was going to say, actually, I feel like this whole not writing it down has, is a very modern affectation because I feel it's up there with no reservation restaurants. No, which is my other biggest bugbear. But I'm bear. talking about Absolutely. 1993. Well, I was going to say, and that's what's interesting because I yeah, thought this was... Yeah, you met Ross and your yeah. life was changed. Very big no year for me. He came in. <laughs> he, was, he was like Richard Gere to my Julia Roberts. <laughs> no, neither of us could afford to eat in the restaurant I worked in. Yeah. But yes, that it, uh, but it's weird because I, I don't get it. Because like I said, I mean, also, I, I was just thinking, I wonder why the whole i you don't see ipads taking off in restaurants do you you would have thought now people would be embracing the ipads oh to- what a ball like it would be to try and type something in a hurry on that though yeah maybe especially that since they um the new um what's it called ios the new software yeah that's it that's the word <laughs> now you've got to flick your hand over the keyboard in a really weird way to get the apostrophes and the, and, oh. st- and it's a right pain so scratch that idea then that's oh. an aside that will be taken. let's not get sidetracked <laughs> on um, that one but yeah, yeah i mean the thing is that if there's anything more annoying than waiters that don't write things down it's waiters that don't write things down you call them on it and then they don't get anything wrong <laughs> oh my god i've done that <laughs> okay. i've done when that proven right you're going damn you you're really good yes, at your job i know <laughs> and i just like to say i do think wait waitering waiting waiting tables is like one of the hardest things to do genuinely when i was a waitress i was there are so many things you need it's to remember grueling. and think about and it is yeah. it really is so i will always tip and everything this isn't this isn't about like waiting staff being rubbish it's just like make your life easier yeah. where you can but, but maybe a lot of places are told not to do it like, if you're, if you're listening and, and you feel... do this i'd really like to know if yeah. you because I, we're, I was never told not to do it oh okay but you were certainly looked Frowned down upon. on by the cool kids in the mm. restaurant who were good at it if you right. if you couldn't do that and if you you know I, my god the day I finally learned to carry the plates properly was was see that's the a day. skill in it when I see yeah. the way they can juggle those I'm like how the hell do you do that yeah I get tense but I get very tense in restaurants I didn't realise until today <laughs> when I think about it I get brunch tomorrow <laughs> oh my god be, and then you've got to put up with people like Elizabeth <laughs> no, ordering so weird things now. from the wrong place well, we're, we're back <laughs> yeah. to when Harry, are you Sally and when Harry met Sally I am a bit of Sally when I, I go to restaurants. I'm not quite that bad. I've never asked for for the dressing on the side right. or anything. But it's but I do my friends will take the piss out of me because I do like quite weird stuff. But I'm one of those people like you, James, because you've heard, spoken about this before. I genuinely like vegetables. Yeah. And I love aubergines and, and chickpeas <laughs> and stuff. So there's so it is like my friends will go out with me and they'll look at the menu and they'll be like, You're having that because it's got 
a fucking deconstructed <laughs> chickpea aubergine crumble on it. Yeah. I was like, yes, I am having yeah. that. And I'm fine with my life choices. Exactly. <laughs> oh. But I'm not, I, no, I, I think I've come across really badly now because no. that is totally fascinating that Joe has said that about well, it being the equivalent of a sort I, of cool handshake. Yeah. I would be intrigued to know if we do have any, any people wait tables and that is how it works. So you're told not to do it. That yeah, but then boy, do you get in trouble if you get it wrong. Yeah. So, I want to yeah. know what uh, restaurant you It was at. called um, Delugo on Frith Street. It's not there anymore. It was an Anthony Worrell Thompson. Wow. Yeah. He's not there anymore and either, either, is he? And I completely bluffed my way into a job there as well. So I was already <laughs> a huge pretender and just scraping by and just about n- managing to not get fired most days that I was there. I, it was things like I would walk in and the, and the head chef on that day would go, oh, you're on, are you? Like that, like really annoyed because I used to fuck things up all the time. And so, you know. Well, you can talk about all of that on Elizabeth's podcast. Yeah. I had no business <laughs> not having, a, you know, a notepad and pen. Yeah. Thinking that I could, you know, like one of the cool kids, remember a simple order. Yeah. But also, I think to clarify, I, I'm with you. Cause I, I feel the same way, but I think also you, it's so true, isn't it? I, I get very, very angry when I see people being very automatically rude or dismissive to waiting staff. You know, that those, there's a special place in hell for people who talk down to waiting staff and taxi drivers. A hundred percent. So it's especially not Especially if you've done it's, it. Especially, yeah. I mean, okay, and who hasn't done jobs like that? Yeah. It's, yeah. But anyway. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if, if you ask that, they're going, yes, we're told we're not allowed to use pen and paper in the restaurant I work at. Do email us we love hearing from you the email address is is it just me podcast at gmail.com to get in touch all right then ladies next up this week uh is it just me who struggles with eye contact do you well stop looking at me james i know I'm, I've, I've automatically looked at the floor i'm not looking at either he's addressing us with his eyes I've i can look. feel it it's so bizarre i've been literally looking at you both totally fine the second we start talking about it oh i look to the floor um well, no, I think, I guess eye contact is you always hear flirting experts or relationship experts always say you, the eye is very important. Make sure you maintain eye contact. Now I actually feel like I'm trying to get off with you both. <laughs> I feel, and I feel like if I look away. <laughs> you're yeah. you're going to say you don't want to get off with yeah. me. Um, but yeah, it isn't. It's so weird how that's become this modern, like, is it a myth? I don't know. Where do we stand on this? What, how do you feel? It is intimate. Isn't it? I have friends who are quite, they're lovely people, but they're quite intense. And also, not only do they look at you in the eye, they often look at your mouth. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I don't like it when people I don't do like that. that but I just think, have I got something on my lips? I know. I, also, I don't think, do you want to kiss me? I think, yeah. have I got, no, something, have I got flaky my, lips? Mine are always, don't look at them now, but mine are always quite, I have, I suffer with dryness oh. in the lip area. <laughs> Which and lips? I, and, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, well, facial lip area. Yeah, well, let's, you know, let's this, save this it is for suddenly, another day. This has suddenly turned but, into a sponsor um, ad for something else we're not so, being paid for. So someone's staring at my mouth and thinking, oh God, I must really need to vacuum that up but, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's yeah. a whole different topic. Yes. The, 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 the people who have eye contact with <laughs> people who maintain eye contact with your lips. Yeah, that that is a that different is thing. Right. I so I have a thing where I don't mind maintaining eye contact as long as I'm not talking about myself that's how, so I often find that I've I have not thought this through that deeply no. well, yeah, this is what I've we're here noticed for. it recently yeah. but because I do a lot of interviews as well that eye contact is super important for that mm. so I do think that if I'm trying to get you know in my day job as a celebrity to open up about something it's important for me to maintain eye contact but because I am a, a technological ignoramus I'm always 
terrified that my tape recorder is going to stop <laughs> and not work. And therefore I take notes for every interview that I do, but I maintain eye contact. So then you get this weird thing where I'm doing, like automatic, I'm doing like automatic writing while looking at you. And that really freaks, <laughs> that yeah, really must, freaks some people out. You must look really weird. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. must have like a yeah. sort of sonograph or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, or like, like a lie detector test. Or like <laughs> something like out that. of The Exorcist where you're yes. possessed and like just like, <laughs> like writing. Voices. Like the, yeah, the equivalent of speaking in tongues. Like, oh. Yeah. You have just reminded me, I, I'll never forget one of the, one, not the worst, it wasn't a terrible, terrible interview. It wasn't a particularly enjoyable interview. One of, but the strangest celebrity interview I ever did was with Avril Lavigne at her peak mm. fame and Avril Lavigne-ness when she was obviously that surly, well, she became famous basically for writing angsty songs about being a sort of surly teenager. Uh, but a 45 minute interview, she didn't once look me in the eye. Oh, that is... <laughs> and that was really disconcerting. I've yeah. never, ever had that. I've never had but it before. I, I haven't had it since, but, I but do it was think very the, strange. There's an opposite of that where... I can always tell, particularly when I'm at work functions and like where people want to network, you can always tell the people who've read a book that says you must maintain eye contact and <laughs> say someone's name over and over again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that becomes a bit maniacal. And I, yeah. I, it always makes me very, very uneasy if someone's like really drilling you with yeah. their eyes. Yeah. You've, yeah. Got to, you've got to break it, haven't you? You can't yeah. maintain it all the time. Do you know what I had recently? And actually it was for the You magazine cover shoot that I did. And there was this amazing makeup artist called Nikki Weir. And she was so warm and lovely and chatty and about 20 minutes into meeting her she said I just want to let you know that I'm deaf and you might think um that I'm being rude or something because unless you're facing me I can't lip read so I won't have heard what you've said and I just need to tell people that for professional reasons and I would not have had a clue had she not told me and it was so interesting because then obviously I was very aware of ensuring that I was facing her when talking to her and we got on incredibly well and actually established a sort of lovely friendly intimacy that I was just always aware that I mean that's the sort of form of eye contact in a way and it was just a nice thing yeah Mm. and i don't know where i'm going with that (laughs) i just wanted to say it because i was like sort of forced to i mean i wasn't forced to she didn't it wasn't she wasn't forcing me to i chose to always be looking at her when i was talking well i think i wonder if this is a terribly british thing as well because we are we are i think again we're more programmed to be embarrassed by certain things like talking about sex and i and i guess because eye contact has now been drilled into us as it's very much wrapped around things like flirting and you know expressing you know interest in the opposite or the same sex um uh so it's become this kind of slightly embarrassing thing now i think mm. to do, uh, how long do i stare for am i staring too much well apparently you're supposed to break the icon and then go back aren't you that's how you yeah you, you really tell if you're interested you sort of look look away look back but, that, but that's making me feel like because i <laughs> i do maintain eye, con- yeah. eye contact just I don't. I haven't really given it any thought, and that's making me now think that every man I speak to and I've maintained eye contact with, and then looked away and looked back, is thinking that I'm trying to come on. To I them. know it's ridiculous. Well, I yeah. think it's it's, it's, the, it's the equivalent of um, whenever anyone asks you if you say scone or scone, <laughs> until you yeah. think about it, you don't know. You just automatically say it. The second somebody says you start talking about eye contact, you go, "Oh, uh, do I? Uh, how often do I maintain? How long do I maintain?" But I do also just think there's something very nice about someone who listens to you. Yeah, and and increasingly we live in an age where people just want to express their own opinions louder than yours and therefore it's actually lovely when someone I find it lovely when someone is talking to you at a noisy party or something and they choose to look at you and listen to what you're saying so I think sometimes eye contact can be a signal of just intent listening rather than flirtatious and lecherous overtones (laughs) Joe Alvin yeah Yeah. (laughs) don't worry about it Eye shagging you as we speak, <laughs> both of you. Yeah, but you have just reminded me. I, I, I had a 
terrible experience at a party. I wasn't actually feeling very well. And I went, I dragged myself to this party just before Christmas. And as I got to the party, I lost my voice. And there was nothing more irritating than being at a Christmas party where everyone is so loud and you can't. And obviously I'm quite a loud person. So people just thought it was A, hilarious that I couldn't speak. But also it's just really frustrating because you can't actually communicate because it was like, oh, yeah, very That must annoying. have been torture for you. It was. Yeah. And yeah. Obviously m- m- most people are going, ha, 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 karma. It's like, you know, <laughs> finally the gods are listening. You can't you speak. Should, you should have had a little, like worn a notepad, like a little necklace around your neck. I with know. A, with I a needed pencil. it. But no, yeah. I actually ended up going home. It was so frustrating. Anyway, uh, that's by the by. But um, yes, eye contact. I think I'm a fan of it. But I, yeah, I, know, I, I think it's because I think I'm not a particularly good flirt or I'm certainly not very good at picking up on people flirting with me if they ever do. So... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the whole because of what I've read in many magazines, I've it's muddied the water for me. So See, maybe I, I'm, I'm I'm so married. I have have not framed this conversation in my head at all as anything to do with attracting the opposite no, sex. But I'm also just thinking about it in a but also, I you, know like a work context. But also, you, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. But ha- think of it the other way. If if you were at work with someone who didn't look you in the eye, you'd be really uncomfortable. So yes. it's you, you know it's more weird to not look at somebody. I would say Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I do think that that in the dating context, context, all contest, Freudian slip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that! Yes. It's a jungle out there. It's a jungle yeah. out there. Yes. Actually, at the beginning of this of this year of 2018, so it's last year now that you're listening to it. But at the beginning of 2018, that dark patch that I'm describing, I was also online dating. Oh. And talking of jungles, coincidence. <laughs> coincidence. I think not. Yes. Um, and the eye contact thing was super important there. It really, yeah, it was because. But then I suppose it's, I, I just had that constant thing with online dating where you would see someone's profile and then you would exchange messages and then you'd have like weeks and weeks of bants yeah. and like humorous texts. And then because I'm a writer, I would build up this romantic narrative in my head. <laughs> and then if you finally met, which hardly ever happened, but if you finally met, generally I would walk into the bar and I would know instantly there was like no romantic possibility of that evening whatsoever. Yeah. And then you curse yourself for wasting three weeks of having all that banter. Completely. <laughs> and in a way, if I'd been able to have like eye contact with their actual face very early on, I wouldn't, I would have been able to tell, mm. I think. I mean, I do think in this day of FaceTime and Skype, that's just a leap away now, don't you think? People are going to start actually live chatting, surely. Because it would it means you haven't got to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, surely. It can't be that much of a stretch. Can I ask you, Elizabeth, did you meet your boyfriend in the end through online dating or did, was it the old-fashioned way? I did. I can tell you don't read my magazine column in you. <laughs> um, third part Sorry, of the podcast. I've been away. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. Wow. So, um, Sorry, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Right. And um, he was the exception that proved the ludicrousness of my rule. He was amazing. And um, it was it came about, I'd literally gone through sort of a couple of months of not being on the apps at all and just doing real life setups. And then um, one of those didn't work out and I was just feeling a bit kind of morose. And I was like, well, I'll download this app that someone told me about years ago that I'd never used before called Hinge. Worst name, best app. <laughs> Um, and uh, Justin was the first person I connected with wow. and the first and only person I went on a date with from Hinge two weeks later. And I walked in with extremely low expectations. I had booked flights to move full time to L.A. that morning. And, and I was like, I'll just get this date out of the way first. And, and then I walked in and my life changed and he was incredible and oh listened God. and made eye contact and was interested in stuff I had to say. I need to and- hear this because I, I actually took a year off all the apps last year i just i was so over it it just felt so 
like ticking boxes. It was just like, it just felt so clinical and just very, ugh, I don't know. And so I just thought I'm getting off them because it wasn't good for my men- mental well-being, I didn't feel. So I have now felt things. I feel like I've got my dog. <laughs> so I've got company on, but I do need to, you know, basically get out there and put myself back on the market. So I have recently sort of get, started getting my feet wet again. In yeah, the, but that, that in the dog's dating. a good man magnet. Well, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. You know, I, he'll be walked a lot around Brockwell Park. I keep saying yeah. Brockwell Park, which apparently is the most common place to be asked out by dog walkers, apparently, oh, yes. that's nice. That's not the only reason I got my dog. But um, but yeah, but it's good to hear, because I think, you know, I, I'm often a big sort of crit- critic of online dating, but so it's nice to hear lovely yeah. stories like yours, because it does work. It does. And I, I found it very soul sapping, the whole dating thing. It taught me an awful lot about myself. And now looking back on it, I'm very grateful for it. But I do remember at the time when you're single and you're going through it and people who are in relationships will often say to you either, oh, have fun. I'd love to go on a date. <laughs> oh, or they'll say, of course, you're going to meet someone. It's just around the corner. You'll you just have to keep going. You'll end up. And uh, annoyingly, those people turned out to be right. Like I just had to keep going and plowing on through all the chaff. And then I ended up with a field of wheat. <laughs> so I just literally just compared my boyfriend to a field of wheat no, in can, a loving now way. Now I've got a sting song going through my head. Yeah. I always think of the Lenny Kravitz one, Fields oh. of Gold. So anyway. I don't know that one. Oh, it's such a good song. Mm. Um, yeah, it is. I, I think unless you've gone through that process and been on the dating apps and been single, in a city, you cannot understand how demoralizing it is. Yeah. I, I completely feel you on yeah. that. But there is light. There is definitely light. And for me, it was finding the right app and the right person within it. Yeah. And also um, treating dating as a data gathering exercise <laughs> about you yeah. rather than That's treating good. it as a soul sapping morale exercise where you think you're not good enough. Yeah. Like that's not what it's about. If you change your mindset and you're like, well, I'm not going to meet anyone for the first six months, but I'm going to treat these six months of dating yeah. as a means of, of understanding what I truly do want. Yeah. Well, so I was, I didn't think about this until somebody pointed it out to me about six months ago. And they said, you know, do you ever feel like you're properly yourself on a date? Because I feel because of the jobs we do, we are often put into work environments whereby we have to meet strangers. We have to make small talk. We have to make we have to put people at ease when you're interviewing someone the whole eye contact thing so it's almost like second nature for us actually going on a date doesn't really the actual act of going on the date doesn't intimidate me because i can talk to pretty much anyone because i've been programmed to do that but as a result somebody did point out to me do you ever think that maybe you're not putting your real self in into the date environment because you're basically, you're switching into work mode. You're going into, oh, charming journalist James mode. And that person might be going, you're not giving me anything real. <laughs> so that's why it's not working. Yeah, I, I had someone point out, actually, it was my best friend. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my, my best friend pointed out to me that I ask a lot of questions. So, but I think that I thought that that's polite and that's what conversation is. And therefore but, I'm... But as you wrote in that column that James hasn't read. <laughs> Shame. If, if you're out with somebody who's not giving in a conversation, that's that's what we do, isn't it? It's, exactly. our, it's our sort of like default setting. Well, to just I, keep asking questions. And we're programmed to fill yeah. that that, yeah. Sen- yeah. that silence, aren't we? And But sometimes you need to l- let that silence happen because then they might say something yeah exactly and and one of the things my best friend said was it's it's a charming attribute of yours but is there a sense that you're also deflecting yeah and if i keep asking the questions and keep getting someone else to talk about themselves then i never have to reveal my vulnerabilities or what i think which 
I was like, no, because I'm an egomaniac and I would love to share my opinions. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I did think actually that is probably true because that's how my nerves transmute themselves mm. on a first date is to keep the conversation going so that I don't really have to talk about anything yeah. that makes yeah. me feel feel vulnerable. Well, also, I think this, the same person that pointed that out to me did then also say, you know, sometimes vulnerability, because we all try to present the best version of ourselves, especially on the first day, then it all goes horribly wrong on the second date when you relax and have one too many glasses of wine and the real you comes out. But anyway, you, you know, you, you always try to make out, you're this confident, assertive person, you can do everything. But they actually said vulnerability is actually what people connect with and what people can relate to you know if you actually said oh actually today's not been a great day this happened it's not oversharing or being embarrassing it's just showing human vulnerability that somebody actually might go oh you're really cool you feel really relaxed and you can tell me that you know from can, I, can we just all pray for me that i never have to go on a date again because this is all just sounding really horrendously nerve-wracking okay yeah we basically yeah ross is lucky to have us around isn't he joe he's <laughs> i'm just ross is also very lucky to have he you. is oh he definitely won the love lottery don't you think <laughs> He did. Bronze Dozzy goddess. That he, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, well, anyway, if you are sat there and you're going back on the internet dating, you're not alone. I'm doing And Elizabeth's got the gold medal here. She's saying it's well worth I'm it. I'm touching so, wood as you're yeah, saying that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yes, it, it does work. So that's good to hear. So I needed that on, on a new year, New Year's yeah. Day. Optimism. Uh, exactly. Choose optimism. <laughs> We're yeah. all about the optimism on this yeah, podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> 
What? I cannot bear it, Joe. And I'm glad we're talking about it because <laughs> what a soul system. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think it's totally fine to go on a digital detox and put your phone on airplane mode and delete Instagram and all those apps. It doesn't make you a better human being than no. me. I'm sorry. No. It, that's what yeah. annoys me about it is that then they're going on and on about it on social media saying, I'm just <laughs> letting you know that I'm putting my phone aside and it's going to be better for my mental health. And I'm like, I'm sure it is good for but you. But what about the people but- who seem to think they've had some sort of religious experience for having a few days where they haven't looked at their phone. Like, I had no idea how much time I had. And I, I read 500 you know, books. Oh, shut <laughs> up. I did you, though. Did shut you? Shut And also, I managed to read books whilst also being on, on my phone. Media, yeah. Like, I think it just depends on the individual. You, you can have a healthy relationship with your phone without overthinking it, I yeah. believe. And I think I'm lucky that I do have a relatively healthy relationship. It doesn't ruin my sleep. I'm not constantly scrolling through some New Zealand yoga teacher's Instagram feed thinking, why am I not eating more quinoa? I I just don't feel that. I follow people who design jewellery and like lovely artists and people who make me laugh. And therefore, Instagram isn't a kind of black hole for me. And I don't feel I need to detox from it. And I've only ever ever so rarely texted my husband when he's been under the same roof as me only very rarely (laughs) so it's fine (laughs) it's fine right well you know upstairs is a long way to ask somebody how many meatballs do you want you know it's like yeah you'll have forgotten because you haven't written it down exactly Exactly. yeah i also sort of think like technology in we live in a world where technology is available our children are growing up knowing how to use ipads and swiping left and right and therefore it would kind of be really stupid of us not to use it in a beneficial way and why not text your husband when he's upstairs because you now have the ability to do that it doesn't mean that you're never going to talk to him again you've lost the art of conversation well, and as someone who recently then, yeah. as someone who recently lost his voice joe i know you know it's, you must you know take care of your voice so use the phone don't strain and shout up the stairs yeah you know i can't help it if my house is just so big enormous <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you please just start failing at something yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'll try. Yeah, I'm failing um, at failing. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. failing at humility. Yeah. Yeah. That would be hilarious <laughs> if someone came on with that failure. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, my friends, I think, would be, yeah, they would have a lot to say. Cause I think a lot of my friends think I'm too c- connected to my phone. But, I mean, I- I'll be honest, when the, the the new sort of, what's come on, the, the screen time, that you, know, you can actually yes. check your screen oh, time. I on hate it. that thing. I hate well, that as well. I, I, I had oh, trolling. God, I mean, it's like a nag. Yeah, but also the irony yeah. in it, I wasn't even aware of it until my friend said, have you seen your screen time? I was going, what are you talking about? And I, then I looked and I was I was actually quite I like, shocked. I, but I feel like you should be able to reply to that thing and say, look, I have just had nothing else to do for five hours in Mansfield today on yeah. Christmas Day, all right? Just but, shut up. But also, up. As if, if you're freelance, I'm sorry, yes. you, you know, but no one... You, with, uh, my friends are all sat at computers all day so but I'm on the move so I'm using my phone so it, it is a bit off I think it doesn't quite work if yeah, you are sending, somebody you're sending emails yeah. like does screen time also how they calculate screen time I've spent a lot of time thinking about this probably as much time as I spend on my screen but do they calculate it because you use your screen to dial a phone number and then you're calling someone is that screen time I, is facetime screen time i think it is well, I think it and you is. can have an hour long yeah. actual conversation with someone which is a great thing yeah but you're suddenly told that you spent like four hours on your screen and it's bad for you because i assume anytime it's not in, in sleep mode that they count that as screen time right anytime I, it's no, a, I don't know no? i think it's i, I think right. it might be the sensing the movement oh really oh, yeah. oh, anytime it's lit up 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't even care. But I, I, that's but how little I, you care about a digital tea dogs. Yeah. You don't even care about your screen. I also just feel like it's just not interesting to me <laughs> no. that you uh, you are a much better human being than me who doesn't need your phone as much as I do. Just I, don't care. Okay, I, I think yeah. it's a bit like everything, isn't it? It's it's the second people become a bit puritanical and a bit holier than thou about anything, whether it's diet, exercise, and it's just a new well, way I've, of I've, kind I've of shaming my, people, um, isn't it? Basically, my editor's letter this week that comes. Which I won't read. Is, uh, yeah, which, so I'm going to tell you about which it. I'm going to recite to you right read. now. <laughs> I put, they're in the, you know, digital detox balls are in the same box for me as dry January balls. I think it's fine to agree like, That's fine. Don't drink. That's but, but it's not an interesting topic of conversation. Yeah. It's just not. Dry January for me is like every latent alcoholic's reason for becoming sober for a limited period of time and therefore proving to themselves that they're not alcoholics. <laughs> that's actually quite interesting. <laughs> there are many people who do dry January, I think, for that reason. Lots of people who don't, and who. Do. But again, I'm like, what is this with the the notion that like there's a specific box of time that is extra special for you to do this thing? I Just agree. drink less, yeah. if you want. Completely agree. Yeah. 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 And also, I've always said it, it's a silly thing to do because February is a, short, is, is a shorter month. <laughs> so and do a dry is. February. Oh, sorry. My response when you said that was like, because you've gone sober in January, February, you just twatted all <laughs> yeah, the time. Yeah. Yeah. I there is that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable. Mm. The worst month to stop drinking. Yeah. And well, January, I think, because it's very long <laughs> and very dull. And it's far from payday. Yeah. You know, lots of people have got, yeah. yeah. So I think, I mean, you know, it's my wedding anniversary. So you've got a drink to get through that. You're, you're going to have a phone <laughs> yeah. in one hand and a <laughs> glass of wine in the other the whole month of January. Texting my husband, <laughs> happy anniversary, dear. Open will, another bottle. I will walk upstairs to say, but you know, it's a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I've discovered all these really strong opinions I have. See? I'm actually, I'm like the Richard Littlejohn of this podcast. I'm like, <laughs> I hate everything. It's all good for the column, Elizabeth. It exactly, is. yeah. Fodder. That's the thing I've, I've sort of enjoyed just texting Elizabeth now with like, oh, we should write about this. <laughs> <laughs> write about that. Yeah. Tell those people off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Can I just quickly say the other thing, just going back to the screen time alerts, those alerts come through airplane mode. So my phone is on airplane mode while I sleep. And I, I get woken up by my phone buzzing. And it's like, you have spent four hours, 59 minutes on your vote. And I'm like, that is so oxymoronic. Yeah. You shouldn't be <laughs> telling invading me, yeah. my phone. But I, um, I turn my phone off and it's not, not even in the same room as me when I go to sleep. I, think I was actually going on about it, Joe. No, you're so yeah. smart. I am hashtag so in the other room. <laughs> That's virtually and a detox. Actually impressed by <laughs> <Every> that. Basically, <laughs> I think I might be a better human being than both of you put together. You probably are. What's yeah. you do for an alarm clock? Um, Ross. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and normally the dog wants yeah. to pee about 6 a.m. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got an amazing body clock because yeah. I'm a pious, <laughs> organic, yeah. free range yeah. kind of gal. I don't need gadgets in my life. You're just Elizabeth. in tune. You're just in tune. Yeah, with your own yeah, body. yeah. Exactly. Mother Earth wakes me up yeah. at the right time every day. Yeah. The dehydration from that, that wine. <laughs> That's true. Actually, there is a lot in that. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, yeah. I'm quite excited for 2019 now, actually. You put me in a very good mood. 
let's get pissed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's just do whatever we want to let's do. Let's get pissed and all sit together and play video games on our phones. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And not talk to each other. Yeah. We've talked enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. Oh. I'm we so love thrilled you. to be yeah. on it. The podcast oh. loves you. Ditto. Please come back anytime. Um, oh God, I will. And um, go um, home and get your work done, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your deadline. <laughs> she was writing today <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's just haunting you every day. <laughs> Thanks so much for making me come on your podcast, Joe. Yeah. I've really, really loved it. Yeah. It, it was negotiable, wasn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, have a wonderful 2019, Thank Elizabeth. And too. to all of you lovely listeners, have a great new year and we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.